Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our Every Nation Dorado online service. It's so great to have you this morning. I'm really excited to just see what God is going to do in our midst. Thank you for tuning in. Um, This morning, we're going to continue with our new series that we started last week. And that is this, uh, the Blood Covenant series. So if you remember, well, Pastor Chris started off by looking at um, what a blood covenant is. And so I'm going to continue by looking at why Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. And before we continue, I just want to say, can you please, just with, together, in, wherever you are in your families, can you please also just prepare some communion, get some juice out, get a, a cracker or, or bread, to join us because we're going to take communion at the end of the service today. All right, let's just open up in prayer. Father, we want to thank you so much for your presence here this morning. We want to thank you for what you're doing in our midst, oh, Father God. We want to thank you, Lord, that your word is so powerful, Father God. Nothing can stop your word from going out, oh, Father God. And as we partake of your word today, we thank you, Lord, that you're going you're gonna, to um, increase faith in us, oh, Father God. And we will continue to be the people that you've called us to be, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world are the words that come out of the mouth of John the Baptist when he first sees Jesus in John 1 verse 29. It's interesting to note that he didn't say, Behold the dove of God. He didn't say, Behold the bull of God. He didn't say, Behold any other thing of God. But he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And when we read this, we might be thinking, but why would he be saying the Lamb of God? Well, it's practically practically because um, years before, God had prepared the nation of Israel by um, showing them through a lamb that was slaughtered that one day Jesus Christ himself will be slaughtered just like this lamb. So there was like a a foreshadowing that God used of a lamb being slaughtered that will one day show that Jesus Christ will be sacrificed just like that lamb for the sins of the whole world. And we see this um, in Exodus 12, verse 5 to 7. This is where we actually encounter this for the first time, where we see God using Um, the lamb, and it's actually the Passover lamb as a foreshadow of Jesus' sacrifice. Um, Here we read, and I just want to read from verse 5 to 7. It says, your lamb must be an unblemished year old male, and you may take it from the sheep or the goats. You must keep it until the 14th day of the month when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel will slaughter the animals at twilight, there to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. What was happening here was that up to now, God through Moses had performed nine plagues to show his power to, to Pharaoh to release the Israelites. He was showing Pharaoh that truly I have sent Moses and I want you to release my people from that bondage of slavery so that they may live and become a nation of, the, of their own. And every time Moses spoke to Pharaoh, Pharaoh would refuse irregardless of what plague he, he, uh, would come upon the nation, irregardless of what miraculous sign Moses showed, it was just not working. And then God said to Moses, there's one more plague that I'm going to perform through you. 
And when this happens, Pharaoh will know that I am the Lord, and you will be released out of this nation to, go, to really go and worship me. So then he instructs them to take a, a, a lamb and set it aside for 14 days. And on the 14th day, the whole of Israel had to gather and slaughter that lamb. And when they slaughtered it, they would take the blood of that lamb and put it on the frames of the door, on the sides and even on top. And then God continues to say to them that on that night, I will pass through the land. I'm reading now from Exodus 12. 12, um, verse 12 to 13, it says, On that night I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn male, both man and beast, and I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood on the houses where you are staying will distinguish them. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. No plague will fall on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So he's saying to the people that when you put that blood on your houses, on the sides of your door frame, when, when, when night falls and my angel of death or I myself come to perform that, that plague of the death of the firstborn male, when I see the door on your houses, it will not fall on your houses. So they had to do this to, to be protected from that plague. And, and that's exactly what happened. On that night, there was screaming in the nation of Egypt as every firstborn male, both animal and human, fell to the ground dead. But in the nation of Israel, or among the people of the Israelites, none was found dead because of the blood that they had put on their door frames that protected them. And this is really a parallel between what happened then and what Jesus was going to do for us one day. And what's interesting and, and, and really important to note is that after this, God told Moses that this thing that they've done now, the slaughtering of the lamb, putting the blood on the door, uh, do, uh, on the door frames, it's something that they should do for generation after generation after generation. It's something that they should never forget, but continue to celebrate year after year after year. And as they do this, we find Jesus, whom John just spoke to as being the lamb that takes away the sin of the world, actually in a situation where he's part of the celebration that has been taking place years down the line. He is sitting with his, with his disciples celebrating the Passover and really excited to celebrate the Passover. And what would happen during this time is that he would go to the cross. So at the same time the Israelites were celebrating the Passover, that was around the same time when Jesus would be crucified to take away the sins of the entire world. And so I want us to look in um, the book of Luke, verse 22, 7 to 8, just th that really just shows us that truly Jesus was celebrating the Passover with his disciples when he, uh, during the time that he went to the cross. And Luke 22, verse 7 to 8 reads as follows. It says, um, Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparation for us to eat the Passover. 
So Jesus was telling his disciples, go and make preparation for us to eat the Passover. And, and then, verse 7 to 8, he says, um, verse, uh, sorry, verse, Luke 22, verse 14 to 15, actually, it's, it reads as follows. It says, when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. So before he suffered, he had eagerly desired to eat this Passover with his disciples um, as a fulfillment, actually, of the, the, the promise that they were looking forward to as they continually celebrated this feast of Passover. And um, we see that as Jesus is sitting with his disciples and he's, he's actually getting ready for the Passover, he also breaks bread with his disciples and talks to them or tells them about the fact that this bread is his body that, 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 that is bruised or given for them. And then he takes the cup. And when he takes the cup in Luke 22 verse 20, he says, or it rather reads, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. The cup that they were drinking is, 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 is the new covenant in his blood that has been poured out for them. So he's taking this cup and he's speaking to the disciples and saying, it is the cup of the new covenant. There is a new covenant that Jesus himself was about to establish. And we all know for, for there to be a new covenant means there must have been an old covenant. So there was an old covenant, and that old covenant came through Moses. And we see that in Exodus 24 verse 8, um, there, there's, there's a place where Moses actually speaks about how the blood that he's sprinkling right now is the blood of the covenant that the people had just made. It's so amazing because these are parallels that are happening between what Jesus is saying now to his disciples and what he did then. In Exodus 24 verse, verse 8, I'll read, it says, This is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. This is something that happened after Moses received the law from God. And he read it to all the people and he says, um, this is what God he says, this is what God requires from us, this is the commandments of the Lord, this is how he wants us to live. And the people of Israel said, yes, we are going to live like this. We want to live like this according to how God wants us to live. And we, we are receiving this agreement um, that God is making with us today. And after that happened, he, he actually took blood. Uh, and, and he took blood of, of, of an animal and he sprinkled it over the people. He sprinkled it over, over the altar as, 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 as a sign to seal this agreement that the people had, had made with him. And this happened years before Jesus ever came into existence. So this was the sealing of the old covenant that Moses had, had made and it's recorded. And now here we've got Jesus taking the cup and saying this is the blood. This is the cup of the new covenant, which is made by my blood. Um, and this is so powerful. When we see just what God is doing here, he gave the Israelites a commandment to celebrate the Passover year in, year out, year out, um, year in. And, 
and 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 and, and he gave them a, a cub. Um, uh, a covenant to live by through Moses, which is the old covenant, which was based on the law. And now he's about to establish a new covenant through Jesus Christ and what Jesus would be doing for us. Um, so Jesus is, 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 is sitting with his disciples and he's explaining what is about to happen. And he's telling them that and this, what he's doing is a new covenant. And we need to understand that the people during that time, they understood what covenant is. They, they grew up in that nation of being a people that, that, um, that were taught the laws of, of Moses, that lived by the law of Moses, and they knew that, that the covenant that God made with them through Moses was very important. But here is Jesus now with them and saying, there is a new covenant that's, ha that's coming through me, and it's happening during this time as we're celebrating the Passover that God had instructed you to continue celebrating every single year and remember up to now. And so... Jesus is really that perfect sacrifice that was set aside for us, for the sin of the entire world. Because when we look at the old covenant, it was a covenant that was based on the blood of animals. Yeah? And it was done every year. But this new covenant is based on the blood of Jesus and Jesus going on, on the cross. So we're just going to look at now how Jesus is actually the perfect sacrifice and what makes him the perfect sacrifice for, for the, to, to take away the sin of the entire world. The first thing that, that, that we realize about Jesus is that just looking at his life, he was blameless and he was spotless and he was, he was, he was pure. Yeah? blameless, spotless, and pure. There was no sin in him. He overcame every temptation that the enemy sent him when he was tempted, you know, in the, in the desert. There was nothing in him that was faulty that could say that he was not qualified to take the sins of the, of the world. Just like that, that lamb that God had ex, uh, instructed the, the Israelites to take, it had to be spotless, it had to be without any blemish, no broken bones. When you take this, this, this lamb, that is the one that you're gonna slaughter. It had to be pure and spotless. And yet Jesus is pure, he's spotless, no sin. And, and he had to be like that because the, 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 the blood of the, the bulls and, the, and, 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 the, and, and all the other animals, bulls, um, um, goats, uh, doves, that people were using up to now was not good enough. It was just not good enough to, to, to perform that sacrifice um, that, that was needed. And then the second thing we, re we, we learn or we see that makes Jesus the perfect sacrifice is this, is that he gave his own blood and body. When, when he was sitting with his disciples, he, says, he said, this is the cup of the new covenant that is made in my blood. Yeah? So it, he gave his own blood. Up to now, it was the blood of animals that, were being that was being given to atone for people's sins. But we all know that the blood of animals is no match to atone 
for the sins of human beings that were created in the image and likeness of God. It had to take something so much bigger and better than the blood of animals. And that's what makes Jesus the perfect sacrifice. Because here he is. He is not using the blood of animals. He is not using a, a substitute for blood as, as, as the, the priests used to do during the time of, of, of Moses. He, he was not doing that. He was using his own blood. It was his blood that atoned for every single sin of every single person in the entire world. And another thing that makes him the perfect sacrifice is the fact that he wiped away sins. The blood of Jesus was poured out to wipe away sins. It wasn't just for the forgiveness of sins. You know, sometimes you think, oh God, I thank Jesus for going to the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. He didn't just forgive sins. He wiped out sins. As far as the east is from the west, sins were removed forever. God said from that moment that he counts, he does not count our sins against us anymore. It is over. He remembers our sins no more. And this is what Jesus has done for us. The blood of animals could not do that. There were a constant reminder year in year out that you had sin and this is needed to probably uh, like almost just offer like a partial atonement but what remained was the 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 understanding and remembrance of the fact that people had sinned but what god did through jesus was removing sins once and for all and saying it is over your sins are gone they're wiped out they're not held against you through jesus christ and we need to understand this even today because a lot of the times people come to God and they say, yes, I've accepted Jesus Christ, but they're still bound by stuff that they, they did years ago. And they're thinking, oh, maybe God is still angry with me because of this thing that I've done and this thing that, that I've done. But the truth is, only we remember those things. God has forgotten long time ago about those sins. When we come to him, he forgets our sins and he sees us as new creation or, uh, or yeah, a new creation before him. And then another thing that makes Jesus the perfect sacrifice um, is that he, was, that he was an eternal redemption. He was an eternal redemption. Remember, sin entered. Um, not sin, but death entered because of sin. And we were destined for destruction. But through the blood of Jesus, we've been redeemed. And we have life. And not just life, but eternal life. Where we are reconciled to the Father forever and ever and ever. Amen. And the fourth reason that makes Jesus the perfect sacrifice is the fact that he fully cleared our conscience of sin. You know, it's one thing to know that you're forgiven, but it's a whole different thing to enter with a clear conscience, with so much confidence knowing that God does not hold our sins against us. You know, and this is so important for us to remember today because even in our walk with God, today we are going to mess up. Nobody's perfect. But we need to have that boldness and courage to keep going back to the Father. 
because he, free, he freely receives us. Every time we sin and we come before him and we repent, he will take us in his arms again and hold us. But if, we, if, if, we, if our conscience is not clear, if we, if we still feel like, oh, but it's not, I, I'm not quite sure, then, then we, we're going to live a life short of what Christ did for us. But the, 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 the whole idea of sin and, 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 and our conscience being cleaned and cleaned before, for ourselves and before God happened through Jesus going to the cross. So he was a perfect sacrifice because we can stand and have a clear conscience that it's not because of what I do that I'm acceptable to God. It's not because of what I've done that I'm loved by God and I, I am reconciled to the Father. It's because of what Jesus has done. I can stand with confidence because of what Jesus has done for me. And even though I may not be perfect right now, Jesus is, was perfect enough to remove everything that holds me back. And then the final reason why Jesus was the perfect sacrifice is because he was the final sacrifice once and for all. After him, no sacrifice was ever needed. We don't need the sacrifice of animals anymore. We don't need any other blood except the blood of Jesus that was poured out once and for all, for all the sins that we ever committed, that we are committing today, and that we will ever commit in the future were taken care of. And this is so good to know because it, it, it's over. It's over. Jesus has done it. Just imagine having, uh, being able to wash and polish your car once and never having to wash and get it polished ever again. That would be so awesome. Through the rain, through uh, whether you, you drive through the gravel road, whether it's raining, whatever happens, your, your car just remains clean and spotless. Imagine if that was possible. I, for one, I, I would really appreciate something like that. I would, really, I would enjoy that. But that is what Jesus did for us. Because of his sacrifice, he atoned for all our sins. He finished the job. When we look at the covenant under Moses, they had to atone for sins every single year. It must have been exhausting. But after Jesus is dead, it was atoned once and for all. And all we need to do is accept what Jesus did on the cross for us and come and enter freely into that loving relationship with God that he has made a way for us to enter through his son, Jesus Christ. And as Jesus hung on that cross, bleeding, with his body badly bruised, for the forgiveness of sins, for the taking away of the, the sins in this world, and, and his body broken for our brokenness, for our healing. He, he was on that cross being nailed as a sacrifice that we may enter freely. And he was the one sacrifice that satisfied the wrath of God. Because up to this point, there was nothing else that could satisfy God. There was nothing else that could take away the consequence of death that came through sin, but a perfect, blameless, holy, pure sacrifice. And that was Jesus Christ. And I know during this time, we're all preparing for Easter. 
we're thinking about um, next week where we're going to be celebrating Easter. Some people say Passover with our families. And it's, it's, everything is around this. It's, it's around what Jesus did for us. And, and it's, it's so awesome to be able to celebrate that and to be reminded, you know, that he came on during the time when God had shown that something like this will happen one day, that we'll actually be able to celebrate it together, to remember how God brought the Israelites out of slavery and oppression in Egypt into freedom, and how he has brought us out of slavery and oppression from the enemy's camp where, where nothing was laid out for us but death and destruction into freedom through what Jesus Christ has done. And so, as we're reminded of this at this point, I really would just like us to enter into that time of taking communion. So, if you already prepared your communion, I want to encourage you to just bring it out. I have mine here. And I want us to be reminded, you know, of just what Jesus did for us. And he, he said to his disciples, even he said, that they should do this in remembrance of him, of what he's done. The Israelites were told to celebrate the Passover in remembrance of what God had done for them coming out of Egypt. And Jesus was telling his disciples to have communion to set to, in remembrance of what he has done or what he was going to do through the cross. So this morning, I just want to take now um, the bread symbolizing the body that was crushed and bruised for our healing and just thank God for that as well as the, the cup that symbolizes the blood that was poured out for our sins for washing us clean as white as snow so that we can stand before God with a clear conscience that nothing is held against us this morning so Father we just want to thank you so much for what you've done for us through your son we want to thank you for blessing us through Jesus Christ. We want to thank you for your heart that it was turned towards us. You loved us so much. You didn't want us to be stuck in death and destruction. But you made a way for us to enter into eternal life. Through the blood of your son Jesus, that precious blood that nothing could match up to. And we want to thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for your body that was bruised. And we receive that healing this morning. In Jesus' name. this cup of the new covenant that you made with us through the blood of Jesus Christ and we want to thank you for this blood that was poured out for our sins in Jesus name
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray for everybody that's watching this morning. Father, I just want to thank you so much for every single person that is tuned in right now, Lord Jesus. I want to thank you for your blessing upon their lives. I want to thank you for your direction. And I want to thank you, Lord, for your protection. That even during this time that we are locked up in our houses because of COVID-19, oh, Father God, and there's so much fear going around. We thank you, Lord, that we can stand in confidence because of what Jesus has done for us through the cross, oh, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that we can believe and stand in confidence, oh, Father God, that nothing that comes against us as your children will prevail because of the blood of Jesus, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, as we enter into a new week, that you'll be with us, that you'll guide us, and that you'll lead us. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we bless bless you. Amen. 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 God bless you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, and I really just want to encourage you to really just continue being focused on Jesus. I know it's a crazy time right now, but he is our only hope. He is our salvation. He is our strength. And as long as we're focused on him, Nothing can, can, can shake us. Please remember to follow us and be connected with us during this time. We are on Instagram, we are on Facebook, and we really want to encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well so that we can just stay connected and, and keep engaging um, with each other and hearing what God is saying and what He's doing in our midst. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.